Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Soul Binge Podcast. Thank you for joining us today for an amazing conversation that I had with someone whom I now consider a friend, R.J. Flores. It wasn't that we were enemies before. <laughs> it's just that we maybe weren't very closely connected. Uh, we only really knew of each other, didn't really ever hang out or do stuff together or get close through the years, but he is a local here in San Antonio. Uh, he serves faithfully at his local church helping out the youth department over there, and he's got a lot of wisdom and a lot of experiences, a lot of recent experiences with the issue of dealing with toxic traits within yourself. Uh, That's pretty much what we tackle in today's conversation. One that, again, after walking away from it, I felt so inspired, so encouraged, so uplifted um, by the different things that he shared. There's so much that you're going to get out of this conversation that I had with RJ. I promise you will walk away better than when you came just because of the encouragement and the direction and the inspiration that he's going to share through his thoughts and through his experiences. Toxic traits within yourself, that's literally what this whole podcast is all about. Uh, You'll hear right from the very beginning kind of the way that we ended up having the conversation that we had, so I won't expose any of that now, but I will say before we actually get into it, again, thank you for listening and also thank you to RJ for taking the time to come onto the podcast and to help speak into the lives of whoever's listening to this right now. Again, you're going to get something great out of it. Towards the end of it, you'll hear him mention something about a specific Bible character that I had literally never heard this thought before, considered it, or anything like that. And I, you can hear me in the recording. I actually stood up, walked over to the wall, and kind of hit the wall a little bit because I was just blown away by this thought that he shared. And, and all of it, man, just the whole thing. I had the conversation with him, and immediately after we... Uh, Ended up, you know, finishing the recording. We talked again for another good hour, probably, just uh, just going over different thoughts and, and opinions about things, and getting to know each other a little bit better. Him knowing a little bit more of my story, and vice versa. And it was just a great conversation. Seriously, I almost wish that we could have ended up recording the second half of that little encounter uh, and get together with him because it was all great conversation. And I'm just excited that you're going to get to hear it today. Uh, I'm not going to go any further. I'm just going to let it all happen. Enjoy this conversation that I got to have with my now new friend, RJ Flores. everybody and welcome back to Soul Binge Podcast. My voice sounds different. It sounds a little more echoey. That's because I tried this new uh, chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A the other day and it really messed up my vocal cords. No, I'm just kidding. We're doing another interview. I'm very excited. Um, If you are new to the program, there are 40 plus other episodes that you can listen to immediately following this. Uh, However, you might want to go listen to them first because this could very well be the best episode we do. And I wouldn't want you to be (laughs) disappointed by the others um, if you listen to this one first. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, We're going to talk about something really, really cool, really important on today's episode. What this program is all about is ultimately to stretch the soul in order to see growth and development for everybody, anybody, 
no matter what it is you're going through, whatever stage of life you're in, uh, even if you find yourself in multiple stages, multiple seasons at the same time, you know, you've got questions, you don't have everything figured out. Uh, if that doesn't apply to absolutely everyone, then good Lord, I don't know. I don't know who you are, but it's nice to meet you, Jesus. I'm glad you're a listener. Um, we're excited, though, today to talk to RJ. Um, it's it's going to be really, really fun to dive into yes. this. Um, thank you so much, first of all. Thank you. For having uh, time set aside for this. Um, we're going to talk today about toxic traits and more specifically toxic traits within yourself before i sort of let you loose and just you know cause a whole bunch of hearts to be punched in the face right um <laughs> fa- hearts have faces right oh they totally okay cool 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 cool, cool. so <laughs> um before we before we do that though i wanted to say it's kind of an interesting approach you know i've done interviews before on this podcast where maybe it was you know my pastor or maybe it was like a lifelong friend or something like that. I've known RJ for a little bit, but we've never really connected um, right. on like a really, really deep level before or like really hung out or anything like that. Um, all that happened uh, is I actually saw an Instagram story that he posted where he actually was thanking other people for having commented on this very topic. I didn't even get to see the original post mm-hmm. that dealt with this topic. And of course, I wouldn't have seen this anyway, but I have no idea what the responses looked like. Right. All I know is I'm on Instagram one day recently, and I click on his story, or maybe it came up right after what I was already looking at, and it's RJ going, hey, for everyone that reached out on this uh, topic of toxic traits within yourself, thank you for it. People were real vulnerable and open and blah, 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 all that stuff. I'll let him explain all that. And as soon as he said the phrase toxic traits within yourself, I like, I threw my Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Eyes lit up. Yes. <laughs> every light bulb yeah. went off. And um, I was like, we've got to talk about this. And I almost very specifically did not ask him what some of the responses were or maybe even his personal thoughts on some of this stuff or his personal journey on it because I wanted him um, to have an opportunity to kind of just speak openly about this and then have us, of course, discuss. And for anyone listening, um, I know I'm going to get something great out of this conversation. Hopefully you do as well. We um, kind of treat these podcast episodes, these interviews, almost like whoever would be listening, like they're in the room with us. Uh, that's kind of the way we wanna, that we want to approach it. But uh, anyway, yeah, thanks for, yeah, thanks for no, coming along, man. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. This is the first podcast I've done, so I feel nice. like... Uh, I made it finally. You did. I, I'm, I'm still learning because my, my sweet tea is gone for those that can't see, but I brought a sweet tea to have with me. But you, you, uh, it's, it's just gone now. It's you, just ice. You are full of sweet tea and yeah. wisdom. That's it's full of sweet tea and wisdom and that's toxic it. traits. So that's, we'll get it. We'll get it. There yeah. is sweet tea within yourself. Yes. Can we say that? Yes. That's a little weird. Make it a little bit better. <laughs> but yeah, no, just to go off of what you were saying to kind of explain the situation because you said you didn't see the original post. Mm -hmm. Um, So before I even talk about that, uh, just to be open and vulnerable to understand why I even made a post about that. Um, About the beginning of the year, actually, January, late January, I just had this moment, like this wake up moment. And it was just like, I don't like who I am, you know? And it was just so... and, and. it was so like clear and just different than any time I'd ever felt that before because we all go through times of feeling like we don't like something about ourselves or we feel insecure. But right. this was like an overwhelming, like, 
I do not like who I am. I don't recognize who I am. Um, and not only that, but it, it was clearly showing itself in every part of my life and how I handled finances, how I handled relationships, how I handled um, my physical self. You know, I was just, just binge eating. Yeah. No care in the world. And, uh, you know, we could we could talk all day about why that happened. 2020 was crazy for everybody. Sure. And so I, you know, there was definitely some things that happened in 2020 that kind of affected uh, how I got to that point. So things happened and then you had that realization, obviously, right? That's kind Yeah, of... definitely. Okay. Definitely. I guess you could say that I realized how I was reacting to life in general was I just, uh, I guess, toxic right. in, in my eyes. Sure. Um, when I had that kind of wake up call. And so, yeah. So and then on top of that, I saw a post about something, a preacher posted something along the lines of, you know, he believes in forgiveness, but uh, at some point you have to leave toxic people and you have to, you know, understand that that's better for your mental health. Okay. And so I had, I guess I felt in that moment, like, what if you're the toxic person? You know, okay. what if I saw myself in that post as the toxic person that, you know, maybe people don't want to be around right now. And that's how I took it. So wow. in my head, I was like, man, this is a great preacher, you know, and this and people were sharing that post and liking it. And I just felt so like, you know, like I was drowning in guilt of okay. you know, where I had, what I had done, what decisions I had made. And so I just kind of posted on Instagram, I posted like a poll, I guess, or a response. I don't know what it's called. But yeah, yeah. People could respond to me freely. And I just said, you know, how do you handle toxic traits within yourself? If, you know, a lot of times we hear about how to handle other people who are toxic. Sure. What to do with when other people are being toxic. But we rarely say, well, how do I handle the toxicness in myself and my, my decisions? And before you go any further... One thing that is key that I've learned when dealing kind of with my own self mm-hmm. in this area, um, which I still have not made it, you know, I'm right. st- still working. Not with that. Um, that that very much is the first step. Right. That very much is the first step, um, which is to ask that initial question. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's got to be a lot of a lot of maturity involved. With, with even being willing to say, hey, there's some truth to this whole, when you point a finger, there's three pointing back exactly. at you. Like, it almost seems like in society, we only go as far as to making that point, and then we don't actually deal with all right. three of those fingers pointing back at, at ourselves. Exactly. So, continue. No, and that's a, that's a great point, because as you said, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't see any of the responses I really shared, or, yeah. um, but that was overwhelmingly the the number one response is you have to be self-aware first gotcha and it was you know like some people said you don't know what you don't know so if you don't know that you're being toxic you kind of have to <laughs> see it first you yep. know you, something has to happen uh first and some guys are even honest and they're like sometimes you gotta so my friend said you know sometimes you gotta lose it all before you realize you need to you need to change something about yourself and so uh yeah i kind of felt like i was at that point where it was just like hitting rock bottom and for those that don't know my life or my testimony i wish i could say that 
this is the first time I've hit rock bottom or felt that way, but sure. it was just kind of like, I am so tired of that, you know, feeling that this is rock bottom. I need right. to get better. And I was just so sick of myself, you know, and how, how I had got to that point again. Right. So I was really just, just genuinely, sincerely looking at myself, looking at my life and my decisions. And again, as I've said, I wish I could say this is the first time I felt this way, but it's not. Yeah. But in the past, I definitely did not handle the hitting rock bottom well. Because when you're feeling low, when you're feeling insecure and inadequate and uh, like a failure in many areas of life, genuinely uh, or usually you want to try to get out of that and get out of that feeling as quick as possible. Sure, sure. So I would turn to quick... uh, satisfaction things you know right uh go turn to the world or go turn to someone else and um try to get that that feel good feeling as quick as i could and so i just thought i finally had this like this realization that and through through reading and through people telling me and stuff um giving their advice that the only way to really combat this kind of feeling of of you know of feeling this low because this feeling of feeling low and feeling like you're a failure, uh, insecure, inadequate, these all came from decisions that took a long time to build up to develop. Yeah. So to combat that, you cannot go to the short, the quick, quick fix. Quick fix. Yeah. It has to be things that take time to get that reward, to get that what you are going for. Yep. And so that was a big you know, like flip flipped the switch in my mind where I was like, okay, I'm not going to turn back to that. I'm not going to turn back to the things I usually do, but what do I do? You know, I really had that like, like someone tell me what to do. You know, I was talking to my good friend, Victor, uh, Victor, one of my best friends, love mentors, Victor. love Victor. Everyone loves Victor. And I was just if you don't him, love Victor or you don't know who Victor is, let me tell you one thing about Victor. You love him. You love him. <laughs> I guarantee it. You love him. Already. Yeah, no, totally agree. Um, But I was just telling him, you know, I was like, man, I don't feel like I need encouragement. I know I'll be okay. I have a a mature mindset right now that I'll be fine. But I feel like I need instruction. Like, tell me what to do. You know? Uh, And so he was like, go read the epistles. Yeah. You know, because you need what Paul was trying to give the church. You know, he was trying to instruct them. On their their ways and so that's what I've been doing you know and um, that's just one thing that I've been doing but yeah I, as I said I was at that point where I was like I don't need encouragement I need instruction I need someone to tell me what to do man and, I'm just I'm sorry to interrupt but that is know. that is so that is so real because whenever whenever you take someone who's maybe been born in any type of faith but just faith in general uh, and it's been around it so much, you know, you and I have had similar upbringings and stuff. And, and by the way, like this podcast is going out to everybody. So there right. could potentially be people listening to this. I say this almost every episode, but there could be t- potentially people listening to this that don't hold to the same values that we, that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm telling you like, that's cool. You know, you'll still get something out of this episode and whatnot. But one thing that I can tell you, especially if you're not familiar with it, is that, Whenever you get so familiar with the buzzwords and the quick taglines, you 
luckily it can then tell when someone's being like inherently disingenuous mm-hmm. and they're all they're, they're only just saying that because that's what it you know maybe um, they feel like they have to say or whatever mm-hmm. but then there is that moment where you've experienced it and I've experienced it before too where you kind of look at yourself as that person saying well I already know the reality of how I ought to feel right yeah you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. what do you do with that? Like, I already know what I shouldn't be, like, either doing or thinking or believing. But for some reason, I'm not there right now. Uh-huh. And, how? like, where do we go from here kind of thing? And exactly. so, yeah, instruction is, is absolutely exactly. key. And as we were talking about um, earlier, you know, one of the things that I had to look at as far as, you know, well, what's a, what is a toxic trait in myself that I need to look at? And then just to clarify again, too, one, one response that my brother-in-law gave me was really good. And he said, um, you know, some things aren't actually toxic traits. It's just the way that we haven't learned how to use that part of ourself, that trait, that characteristic of ourself. Like a misuse. We're, we're, we're misusing what it is. So, for example, um, you know, I grew up in Pentecost. I grew up in a, you would most would consider a strict Christian household. Again, sure. And this is not in any way to bash my upbringing or my parents because I'm so grateful for it. Absolutely. I really am. And again, it was just me as an adult, I need to learn how to how to use this trait I have. Right. But I, I grew up in this this setting where it was like this right and wrong syndrome kind of came out in me where it was like everything is either right or wrong. Yeah. And so everything in my life had to be either right or wrong black or white and Mm -hmm. so when it wasn't when it was kind of like gray or on the line it would give me like anxiety and make me super indecisive about anything and this is not i'm not just talking about like big you know uh decisions on (laughs) am i gonna go sin or not no i'm talking about like i don't know what shirt to get like because this one's on sale but this is by you know like it became everything like financial decisions like if i was not getting the best deal then i felt like i failed you know like yeah. if this was not the best deal at the right time of the right sale then and you know i buy something and, and then you buy it and then you feel like man yeah. if i would have waited one more day it like, would have been uh, yeah. a lower price yeah I'm, I'm not a man i failed as a man because two months <laughs> later it was cheaper you know and i'm not good at spending money who am i gonna be you know like this this syndrome was like in every part of my life you know everywhere and so it would it would leak over into serious things like relationships and um friendships Mm. and um again how i spend how obviously i said as how i spend my money but in yeah in obviously more uh important ways and so it just became this thing where it kind of leaked into all the characteristics of myself and like I couldn't make good decisions because I was stressing so much over them and over things that probably did not matter as much as I made them seem. One of my biggest issues to to battle always and I'm, I'm like whatever whatever condition I'm in at this exact moment in an hour, it could change drastically. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I've always been struggling with or dealing with is overthinking. Oh yeah. And I even told myself that lie that we all do. Oh, I'm just really analytical. Mm-hmm. I like to analyze. It's like, no, you're overthinking. Same. There's a big difference. And I have struggled with that so much. And I almost am 
am envious of the type of person who just naturally thinks in a black or white type of sense. I always say this about uh, Ashlyn and to Ashlyn, uh, and it's more of like a running joke, mm-hmm. but she's extremely black and white on a lot of things. Like uh, when we're recording for our Sunday service to right. then live stream later on uh, Facebook or mm-hmm. whatever, we'll, we'll listen back to the recording, and the recording was either horrible or it was amazing. <laughs> like I have never heard this woman say once That's right. that it was somewhere in the middle, like not even close. Yeah. It's either completely over here or it's completely over there. And um, and it's just kind of like a little bit of a running joke. And in fact, uh, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to. Um, we're pregnant with baby number three. Yeah, awesome. And Congrats. thank you. And we're super excited. But God help you if you find yourself in this conversation that we're having right now about baby names. Oh gosh. Because it is either the worst name or. It would be the best name, but obviously we haven't found that yet. So it's just, you know, it's just yeah. one of those things where it's like it's a black or white thing. And because I am, I have a longer history of being the overthinking type, mm-hmm. there are some cases where I do wish that I could just see things completely yes. in, in that viewpoint. Um, mm-hmm. But before we had started recording, we, we kind of touched a little bit on this. And we talked about some of the bad or negative side effects of being that guy mm-hmm. who is strictly not Ashlyn obviously but um I, I literally looked at the mic as if she was there because <laughs> she might listen to this later and I'm not trying to sleep on the couch but yeah, yeah. uh the uh the the negative side effects of being that type of way what are what in your opinion what are some things that are maybe some negative side effects of being you know you're not the overthinker you're not the indecisive mm-hmm. one whatever because there's negative things about that we could talk more about that too but for the person who is extremely black or white only, what are some negative side effects of that? Well, so again, as I said, as, as someone told me, it's, it's the way we react to everything. So again, where my toxic trait is the same, overthinking. Yeah. Um, I could come up with a bunch of negative things about that. And at the same time, you know, with the black and white person, we can come up with a bunch of negatives, which, you know, if, if we're looking, you know, I could say that. Um, maybe you'll make more decisions without giving it enough thought and then down the line you, you know, could you make could, a wrong you could have, one yeah. yeah you could have uh, just thought about it a little bit more and then it could have been a little bit better or you know it could be much more serious you know I've seen people make decisions on a whim or um, I'm very very and let me say this because I'm an overthinker like you and because I went like I over when I say overthink, I overthink and overthink. <laughs> like, I promise you, I don't know how to shut like, my mind off. Like it, like, like it torments you. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And yeah. I'll talk more about that later. I'll be really yeah. vulnerable because I think it's become more of a something that I really want to look at deeper. But before I go there, I'll just say that I'm so jealous. I'm so envious of people that can just make decisions. Okay, like, but 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 could there not be, and maybe not. Because, again, we're talking about the type of person mm-hmm. who's either this way or that way. But right. could it be possible that in a vulnerable moment for that person that they would look at someone who is somewhere in the middle and be jealous of that? Absolutely. Now, we don't see Ab- that. Absolutely. No, we don't understand totally right. that. But and that is at least a possibility. It is a very strong possibility. I was about to say, too, that is probably a reason why you and Ashlyn work so well because y'all can balance each other that's in true. that way. It's true. And so that's one thing I had to learn at too, you know, that it's okay if I have someone that, that can balance me or friends that can balance sure. me. 
And I, I go to them all the time to balance me, to make right. sure that I'm not overthinking something that I shouldn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and as you said, there definitely can be some positives to overthinking because we might right. see things that they miss or, you know, we might um, think about things in a different view because we see them from all, if, if you're like sure, me, sure. I have to look at everything from every viewpoint, you know, and I really try to break it down. Well, how does, how does it go this way? What if it goes this way? How does this person see it? What does this person think? You know? I think overthinking, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. I even have an episode that I titled Underthinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, it was kind of my imaginary, you know, made up categorization of, of the type of person that is simply just not using their ability to think things through. Right. And, and they're taking that part of themselves and they're not using that to their fullest potential. And that that's kind of the definition of maybe someone who is in, who is uh, underthinking. Right. Um, but it's not that just because it's over versus under. It's not that it's a direct opposite of someone who's overthinking. Because when it comes to overthinking, at least for me, what ends up happening um, is it points back to either... Um, Fear or pride. Mm-hmm. As much as I don't want to admit that this is the case most of the time, and I'm not saying 100%, you know, I'm not going to be black and white about that. Right. But, <laughs> um, I, I think, though, that most of the time, I, I could probably say save 80% of the time, mm-hmm. when you're overthinking something, at least whenever it's to the point where you're now suffering because of it, mm-hmm. like, you're not making a decision when you need to. You're not making the best decision whenever you had it right in front of you and you didn't do it or whatever. Like when it becomes when overthinking becomes a problem, it ultimately traces back to one of two things: either fear or pride. And you know they say that someone could have a fear of public speaking, but then they've kind of over mm-hmm. over time they've kind of pointed that more so to actually being a pride issue. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm afraid to speak in public. Well, yeah, because you don't want to look stupid. Exactly. So that's an extension of your pride more than Mm -hmm. anything else. So the way it works for me, maybe this is different for you, but I find that a lot of the time whenever it's an overthinking issue for me and it becomes Mm -hmm. an issue, um, that it's really because I, for some reason, feel like I'm the one who's supposed to have the answer. Yeah. Which is extremely arrogant and prideful. so arrogant. It's... It's rude, actually. Like, how are we supposed to... I've, I've said this before, but we trust, as Christians, we trust and, and believe God to be the one who put the seas in their place. Right. But for some reason, we don't allow him space to calm the storm within us. Hmm. And it's it's maybe like... Like, you could see that as being two different things, when in reality, one is inherently more important than the other. Right. You know, because my the condition of the ocean is one thing, but the condition of my soul mm-hmm. is so much more valuable. Yeah, if you're supposed, yeah, of my yes, <laughs> there it is. So, so that's the thing. Is it most of the time goes back to pride? Sometimes it is fear, right? But most of the time it goes back to to pride. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. That that reminds me because um, first of all, I have to say I hate hate taking quizzes or like those things <laughs> that kind of tell you. Like personality traits? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is who you are. You're an A7. Like, no. A7 is Chips Ahoy. I want that. I have a vending machine. But I have to say, I did take that Enneagram test, right? And I I, I know that, I don't remember all the numbers, whatever it was, but I know I I was a two. 
And the reason I did appreciate that one is because it actually gives you like this is a two when they're healthy and these are traits and twos when they're unhealthy. Oh, that's cool. And I checked off every one of those boxes like up and down you know because i've been in i've been healthy and i've been unhealthy and like we're talking about right now yeah um i've been toxic you know and so i had to look at myself because i think twos were like the givers right okay so i love giving i love helping i genuinely do i will do anything for anybody yeah but when i'm in a toxic state of mind as it pointed out to me very clearly is that i will help or i say i like it's just me but will help people so that we can get the satisfaction of being acknowledged for it or being patted on the back for it. Wow. And so that goes back straight back to what you said about pride is like, yeah, I want to be a great speaker, but do I want to do it because that's what God wants me to do and what that's my talent or because I want to be acknowledged as a great speaker oh my or because God. I want to be patted on the back as a great speaker. Yeah. Hold on. And so I had to look at myself and be like, dang, like, <laughs> why do I do anything? And so this is, again, I'm overthinking because I overthink everything, but this is where I've been, right? I'm like, you know, I'd really love to, I'm not a singer, I'm not a great singer, but I'd really love to like just record a cover one day and just post it. There you go. And I had to ask myself, well, why do I want to do that? So I can get some likes, so wow. people can pat me on the back, you know? Yeah. And so I had, now I'm just like, you know, and I know it's probably not that black and white, right? Like people would be like, dude, just like, just do it. Yeah. But I'm over here like, well, is God going to hate me? Like if I don't have the right worship, like do I have to sing the right song? Now? I'm going to make I'm sure. Back. Yeah. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure the, the subtitle of this uh, episode is does God hate me? Does God hate me? <laughs> A daily question of RJ Flores, like every morning, does God hate me? <laughs> Well, and I thought of the the reason I kind of freaked out a second ago is I almost more so right off the bat I almost thought of the exact opposite whenever you were talking about um, you know like a negative side effect of being like a giver or a servant mm-hmm. in that type of way because you were thinking and you were saying you were kind of told that it might be just because you are looking for that acknowledgement you're looking for the attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe they're the opposite, but maybe they're the same at the same time. I immediately thought, yeah, I've definitely been the type to want to serve strictly so the attention is not on me, mm. at least mm-hmm. in the areas where I'm inconsistent. Right. So that's probably the same thing because it's a desire to want to be acknowledged for being this version of yourself. Right. When by the time you go home and go to bed before you actually fall asleep, you know that there's some things that you don't have figured out. Right. And so... I think that that is huge whenever we're actually trying to deal with just toxic traits within ourselves in, in general because it it allows even the good things you do in your life to be telltale signs mm-hmm. to the stuff that you've got to work on. Right. Now, the problem with that, though, is because we're overthinkers, we then immediately put ourselves in the front row seat on our way to hell right. because we we just see ourselves as being so inherently messed up. Um, I'm sure maybe like me to some degree, maybe not all the way, but I've dealt before with issues where I used to believe that because I failed, that made me a failure. Right. I used mm-hmm. to believe that because I messed up, that that means I'm messed up, mm-hmm. you know? And for anybody that's out there listening to this, like, I just got to tell you, like, it's not that way. It is not like you are not the sum total of all the mistakes you've ever made. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for you and for everyone that is around you, you're also not the sum total of all the good things you've ever done. You are who you are, exactly. and there's growth that is 
possible from this point, even if you feel like you're at your lowest. I know you said you wanted to go into some of the more vulnerable stuff. Before you do that, though, you had mentioned the um, the fact that this wasn't your first time kind of hitting rock bottom. Right. You sort of touched on it, but tell me, why was it different this time? Man, that's a great question. Um, to be honest with you, I think it was just just a mixture of things of it not being the first time. So it's like, sure. this is not my first time doing this. So as I said, the, the pain that comes with feeling inadequate, insecure, mm-hmm. a failure, it comes with a lot of, a lot of pain. And when you're in that, that much pain, you know, there, when I was in 18, I hit rock bottom and then 21, I, and then 23, I hit rock bottom. You know, it was like all those times I really struggled with just like, what am I going to do? Like, what am yeah. I going to do? How do I live after this? And, um, those were times when I really needed to be encouraged, but as I'm getting older and I'm 27 now, it's like, okay. When's your birthday? June 20th. Okay. Mine's in November. Yeah. We're, we, yeah. we were born the same year. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Very cool. And getting, getting to it because 30s creeping up. Dude, when you're, real. when you're 22, 25 seems like it's so <laughs> far away, but when you're 27, you're 30. It's so weird because I feel like I just turned 25. Like, right? You know what I mean? And I thought that was a big thing. And now I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Yeah, no, not at all. And plus, I mean, we also grew up in a culture where it would have made more sense to say that we made it by the time we were 21. Oh, yeah. And that was a huge reason of why I was feeling a lot of those things. Sure. 27. Like, it shouldn't be like this right now. I don't have this ready. I'm not here yet. I'm, you know, and so it was like, I was feeling all this pressure of like, like pressure, I said, like, yeah. like a failure. And so pressure is a good word for but it. But I just had to, to finally snap myself out and say, okay, I've hit rock bottom before. And like I said before, I've turned to the quick fixes and they didn't fix anything. Yeah. So it was just like my mind, I had to really just sit and think, okay, uh, I know what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to turn back to those. You things. know, it doesn't work. I know it doesn't work. And so as I was saying uh, before this, you know, the quick fixes give you that that quick fix, but they don't last long. And as I said, you know, when when you have that pain that's built up from months and years of bad decisions mm-hmm. and bad uh, toxic traits, it's gonna take a long time to to combat that. Right. And so I kind of felt like, okay, I need to go to I need to go to war with myself. Yes. And you know, I need to go to war with the toxic RJ, the the bad habit RJ, the RJ I don't like. I don't like who that guy was in 2020, so I need to go to war with this, but but I'm not going to win by the short-term quick fixes. I like how, so far, only within 30 minutes, you've already said two things that are extensions of two of the most important things someone can do mm-hmm. when they're dealing with this internal stuff. And that is, number one, um, recognizing that it's an internal fight, which is what you just said. Mm-hmm. I need to go to war with the toxic version of myself, the bad version, worst version mm-hmm. of myself. But the other thing you said, even though you kind of just threw it out there, you know, because you're a genius, <laughs> obviously, um, is that while it is an internal issue, you do need external positive voices in your life. Mm-hmm. So, like for example, when you mentioned Victor, right? Um, Absolutely, he gave you that real time. You know, let's do this. Because if all you're doing is thinking about the fact that you need to change internally, that's not real change. You're just staring at a 
blank sheet of paper thinking of how great it's going to look when it's all filled out yeah. and written up and written nicely when you don't even have the pen in your hand. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And and I think what's been my greatest realization for the internal side of things um, that anyone listening to this podcast consistently is probably going to roll their eyes when I say this because I say this way too much. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop saying it because, again, it's been one of the best lessons I've ever learned. Back in 2018, I went through internally some of the worst stuff that I've dealt with in a long mm-hmm. time, um, if not the most, uh, right before our second son was born. Right. It was a long, complicated, crazy situation that brought me to a real bad place. And I, I, can, I can say with full confidence that I heard God's voice tell me very specifically that I need to stop praying for God to fix it mm-hmm. and switch from fix it to fix me. Mm-hmm. And... That is, again, only the first step because it's that internal realization that is supposed to put you on that track, mm-hmm. right, of, of right. seeing real change, um, you know, actually doing something about it. But that was that was the one of the turning points for me as far as the internal realization. For you, it was worded a little differently. It was, I need to go to war uh, against right. that bad version of myself. Right. But that same intensity that you felt then is the one that I felt... Or the same thing I felt whenever it was, you know, fix it versus fix me. And that's been something I've been praying for and thinking about a lot. Um, it's a primary reason why this podcast exists because I needed to find a way in real time to right. deal with some of this stuff. Right. So, I mean, just even having this conversation is doing so much for you, so much for me, so right. much for anyone listening to this that maybe we don't even really see it just yet. But it's it's putting actual an actual foot to the ground right. to see some some changes. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And so, yeah, just going off that, when you said, you know, don't fix my situation, fix me. Yeah. I had that, so I'll just be vulnerable, you know, I had that wake-up call like a month and a half ago, I would say. And um, to be completely honest, you know, I wish I could say I've been perfect since then, that I've only needed instruction and I didn't need sure. it. But there have been ups and downs, and so yeah. I, just, I just had to make sure that was clear because... If someone's going through this right now and they're like, I just need encouragement right now, like that's fine, you know, because, uh, man, just even just last week, I was just in a huge slump where I just, I just needed encouragement to get through the day. You yeah. Know, I really yeah. Did. just need to make it yeah. through the day. And so um, it's ups and downs. But yes, I, I did have that realization that I need to fix myself. And I, I love the way you put it because I, I had that realization that it's not... I can't fix everything around me right now. I can't control it. Yeah. But what can I control? And that's a huge thing for anyone going through pain, um, because genuine, uh, genuine. I would say most of the time, yeah. When people, things are going crazy and things are out of our control, we want to control something real quick. Yeah. And so people will do drastic things that are kind of like the typical, like I'm gonna go cut my hair, you know, I'm yeah. gonna go get a tattoo, I'm gonna do something that I can control right now. Yeah. And that's just one way that people try to cope with stuff that's out of their control and so for me you know I would always turn to things that I could escape through I would try to escape through um, so I didn't have to face the reality of what I can't control so with this wake-up call you know I finally just said okay what can I control what can I fix and as I said if I'm gonna go to war with this version of myself that has taken a year to build up to this point then the only way to, to really get out of that and feel satisfaction of where I am and who I am 
it could take very well a year to get to that point. You know, sure, sure. It could take months to get to that point or years. Giving you know? yourself that time. So it's like, well, what can I control that will be a slow process but a bigger satisfaction reward and, and set goals for myself? So one of the, the easiest things that I could do in that in that point in time was say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a diet. I'm going to control my body first nice. and I'm going to get disciplined in how I, I look at food and yeah. and myself, you know, because I, I, as I said, that was a huge area of my life where I just physically was not, um, you know, taking care of myself. Right. Um, and so that was just one quick thing where I could, you know, say, I'm going to control this and I'm going to take a slow approach to this and I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it. Um, so that has actually, you know, helped me a lot just getting disciplined over my body and taking control over what I do and so what good. I put and you know it's helped my spirit yeah. be, be more disciplined to say okay um, we're going to read this much of the Bible every day yeah. every day yeah. and be consistent with it because when you don't have that goal or the, you know those things that are just so practical you know like you said it's like so practical I should have been doing this forever but it's helped so much you know just setting those long term goals I guess I could say I feel like the Another thing as far as, I don't want to say that it's, I, I, I don't want to say that it has anything to do specifically with your upbringing or mine or anything mm-hmm. like that, but I think something that you really don't realize until you're older, um, from out of your teen years is what I mean, right. um, is that we approach life as if, especially for the believer, we approach life as if what is spiritual is inherently the opposite of what is practical right and Mm. that is so much not the truth the practical stuff about life is right there along with the stuff that is spiritual and the quickest way to kind of justify that argument is to say well sin is something you do physically but it has an impact on you spiritually Mm-hmm. So that's the easiest way to kind of understand that, yeah, they, right. did, they did do work together. But even you know more importantly than that, because that's obviously a very important thing, but even more importantly than that, it's the fact that that one supports the other. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What is spiritual supports what is practical. Mm-hmm. Because if you know God ultimately wanted to save our souls, but physical things that we can do in this life now can ultimately have an impact on that. There's no way that they are separate from each other. There's no way whatsoever that they're separate. So having practical solutions or having practical practices, I guess you could say, right. um, that that line up with some of that is, is you know, it's huge. Um, when you say that there's some stuff that, you know, even... Uh, that you were going to be kind of like vulnerable about or Mm -hmm. whatever, some of that breaking point stuff, Um, as much as you want to, you know, go into some of that. What is is some of the stuff that you dealt with? um, As far as like mental health, I would say, as you're just saying very clearly that there are physical things we can do um, to affect our spiritual, you know, and our mental. I had to start thinking, okay, I've always considered myself an overthinker. but maybe there's more to it. Maybe I really do need to look at getting help for, you know, anxiety or something like that. Right. You know, and because I had never really categorized myself that way as someone with, you know, anxiety. I just thought, well, I'm, I'm an overthinker. Yeah. Indecisive. You know, that's normal. Um, but I really had to start thinking, okay, what, what can I do to get help 
and become the best version of myself. And if that means going to see a therapist or going to see someone that can help me with that, yeah. why wouldn't why wouldn't I? Oh, and, yeah. and I had to struggle with this, and maybe this is this might sound immature or childish, but um, I was talking to a friend, and I was just like, would it make me like less of a man to to go get help that way, or like would someone see me um, and say like, oh, you need a therapy, like red flag, you know, like. Um, I was looking at it that way because as I said, you know, I mean, my, in my bad characteristics or toxic traits, I care about what people think of me. Yeah. I care about how people see me. Um, and it can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing because on, on one hand, you know, I can see, um, in a healthy way where I can perceive what people might think if I do something or, you know, I can be more considerate of how people are, are thinking of things, you know? But in a bad way, you know, it really affects how I make decisions and really makes me think, okay, well, what's best for me? But is that best for what I want to be, you know, kind mm, of thing? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I had to really get real with myself and say, okay, um, maybe it's time to, to get more help or to be more vulnerable with things like that. Yeah. Um, and I know that's a big thing that a lot of people have become very easily vulnerable with. But for me, it was a big thing. And maybe sure. as a man or as a just someone who didn't want to look at himself that way, you know, and be labeled as, oh, like a guy with anxiety. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I really had to say, okay, well, what's going to make me the best version of me? And I'm still in that process. You know, I didn't just go overnight and change and fix it. I'm still going through stuff um, and figuring out what I want to do. But I think just the side that I want people to know is like, it's okay to need help or to be in that process of what do I do? What do I need? What's best? Ashlyn will tell you if she was here, she would tell you that our marriage today wouldn't be what it is right now if it wasn't for uh, Mm -hmm. her decision to go to therapy. Right. Um, Which was partially, and if not primarily on me for why she even needed to go. But it was a decision that she made and I, I can't, tell you how much I support going to therapy like talking to someone like who's a professional in in that regard is so very important while it is also important to have other avenues uh lanes open of communication that are that are very important too um or that are that are helpful too like even this podcast you know Mm -hmm. like even this podcast doing this interview and whatnot we are hopeful that whoever might be listening to this can get something out of it but you and I both know that when we walk away from this we're going to be the ones exhaling a huge relief because of just how good this is to do this right um and yeah i we support therapy all the way like mm-hmm. all the way and i i've kind of wanted to say this before on like a podcast episode or whatever i didn't really know how to work it in I'm totally gonna like just say it real quick just as a side note maybe mm-hmm. because you mentioned therapy and then i'll let you continue um it seems like we treat in society today, maybe not within Christian culture, but maybe sure some of it too. Um, we, as a society, I feel like we are either treating therapy like, like there's no way that that could be for me, mm-hmm. um, because of either what it would look like or what it would mean for me to admit that I needed it or whatever. Like with what you're saying, right? Um, you know, it's the I heard this comedian talking about um, 
like a like a mom on a razor scooter or something and it's like you're gonna fall but you can tell as they're getting on they have that face like yeah but i'm me though like (laughs) there's no way i'm gonna fall but then that person falls like (laughs) it's just everybody you know has that same issue to deal with um and uh and it's either that or therapy is like coffee yeah it's this Oh, ha, 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 I can't start my day without my coffee. Like, like yeah, of course I go to therapy. And then it's like therapy or going to therapy or saying rather that you go to therapy can become the exact opposite where yeah. maybe it's not actually helpful for you because all you're getting out of it is being able to say that you, you go to, to therapy. therapy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the whole difference between people that really deal with anxiety and depression and then people that use it as a buzzword. Mm-hmm. because it is a buzzword it is like even and i think that's what affected my even thought process on of course depression and anxiety because it was like well people you know it's become a trend it's almost. a it's a fad yes it is yes. a fad and it's crazy to me but i see it like <clears throat> we work with the students here at the church like something that i noticed probably back in like 2016 or 2017 i started to notice and started to kind of call it out that there was this new addition of options for how you could answer the question, how are you? Because it used to either be good or it used to be eh, not so good. But now the third edition that is the more commonly used one for teenagers today is tired. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm tired. Yeah. What? <laughs> you're, se- <Yeah>. you're 17. <laughs> like, why are you tired? That doesn't make yeah. any sense to me, you know? Yeah. And I'm not trying to pick on anybody that really no, is tired. Understand. But it's it's a... It's a buzzword. It's a fad thing. It's maybe not helpful if your only objective is so that you can be the one to say that you were the one that went to therapy. You know what I mean? So having that balance is huge from is this even going to work on me or with for is this even going to work for me versus am I just doing it because it's what I think that I ought to do? Right. You know? So continue. No, yeah. um you hit it right on the head but I think it was so weird because like when I would have people that would come to me for advice or I would be telling talking to people and friends I'm all I'm all for therapy I'm like well why would you not you know it's like going to the doctor and I had all these things like it's great for you it's gonna help you um you know you need it and then when I was like come to me I'm like but you don't but you don't yeah yeah I mean do I really you're going to sell like, it without buying. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of like, and not, not, again, it was nothing to do with how I saw people because I surely, sure. I surely don't judge anyone. Mm-hmm. I actually think people should go regularly, just as you go to a doctor. Right. You, you go to a doctor, even if things aren't wrong, you should be getting checkups, you know, and daily, you know. Why not for um, your so mind? So I, I think, I think it really should be that way. Um, yeah. But for some reason, it was, like you said, it was just the pride thing. Like, am yeah. I less of a man or am I less of a person if i if i need to go to someone for help i don't know why it made that switch in my head for me yeah but it did and i had to remind myself of why why i do think therapy is so good or why i think it's so valuable is because first of all i think when when people first go to therapy the biggest thing in therapy is that they just need to be heard you know they just need to be heard and and felt like you know they're they have value to what they're feeling yeah or it's not they're not crazy right and I think it starts out that way, but I think the biggest thing with therapy is that life and life circumstances are not going to change, but your thought process on them could. You know, as my friend Victor that has, is has so told me so many times. True. Yeah. 
it's it's a mindset you know it's it's a thought process and you can change how you think about it you can change your perspective so, and yeah. it's so hard it's so hard yeah when you're in the middle of the storm when yep. you're when you're in the deepest pain and i know i know we both worked with with teenagers and high schoolers and so sometimes it's it's easy for us to be like <laughs> you don't even know dude like you know you don't even know about life but pain is pain it is. and i remember being that teenager in pain yep. Yep. in depression and like it didn't matter what caused it it was it was real it, it yep. was a real um pain so i understand um you know even where, where they're coming from and stuff and so it doesn't matter what part of life you're in because right like there's 50 year olds probably looking at me right now like you know dude yeah like, grow up you know like you, Just think, wait. you think your life's hard you're like you're there what is it the the like little oh it's uh keep your head up it gets worse or yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i remember uh daniel bernard said something one time at a at like a youth retreat we had and he said you're never gonna be more you're never what do you say you're never gonna be less busy than you are now you're never gonna be less tired than you are now or something along those yeah. lines of like there's always going to be more. Right. So if your excuse is that you're too busy to serve God, you know, you went on those lines. Yeah, yeah. It's like, there's always going to be more to life. Yeah. As, as you grow up. And so that always stuck with me. And, um, but yeah, you know, I think going back to, to the therapy thing is like, my circumstances are not going to change, but how can I change my mindset on them? How yeah. can I change? Because I know I'll get there eventually. Because as I've said, I've been through that pain. I've been through that depression. I've done it all before. And my mindset on that that episode that I had five years ago is completely different. Now. Sure, sure. The things that were hurting me so bad then are like, what? I don't even think about them. Yeah. Um, and so now it's like, okay, well, how do I get how do I get my mind to do that with my current current storm? You know, my right. current situation. And so that's when I really had to think, okay, that's that's the reason that I I could go and get help because I need help doing that. As I said, I'm an overthinker. It's almost like you said, it's very, very real. Um, it can almost be like torment, you know, yeah. at night. I cannot get my mind to shut off. And so um, it's led to other things, you know, like less sleep, you know, um, not being healthy. Um, and so those are very, very real things in life that people go through. And the reason I want to share that is because I think when people learn that you're not alone in it, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, I heard... Pastor Scoggins say something that I'll never forget. And he probably, I think he was quoting another preacher, so I don't know where it originated, but he said something that was basically, I don't want to mess it up, but he said, if you want to get people's attention, share your victories. But if you want to touch their hearts, share your defeats. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. Wow. Because when people share what they've been through, like really yeah. what they've been through, when yeah. you have a youth pastor that can really tell you like, the 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 nitty gritty of life, right? You know, and have that conversation with you or anyone in your life so to be important. like, I did this, you did what? Yeah, you did that. Yeah, like, those it brings moments, a reality. Those moments it. probably break through to me more, and I, I want to be careful how I say this, but those moments probably break through to me more than any sermon ever did. Yeah, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, and not to sure not to say I don't get nothing from sermons, sure. but. For for someone that you highly respect in the in, in your life as a leader as a spiritual leader, right? To say like, hey man, I've been there. Yeah, I've done this and that. what you know? <laughs> it's like 
you it breaks down the walls you have that pride you have of like you know that you have to be all together and that's exactly that's what the gospel is about you know that he can he can help anyone that's right he came for everyone and so so yeah um one of the coolest uh i would say recent um thoughts that have developed out of uh out of just studying, you know, reading the Bible and all that other stuff. And I won't take too much time to explain all this, but it was something that hit me very powerfully that, uh, you know, whenever you're reading the book of, and I've probably mentioned this before on the podcast, but when you're reading the book of, of Matthew and you, and you get to that part where Jesus walks on water, right? It says that he walked on water towards the disciples who were on the boat in the middle of their storm. He walked to them, to them because of the storm. And because the storm was going on, they couldn't really see. They thought it was a ghost at first. They were afraid. And they saw that it was Jesus. And then it says in the book of Matthew that he calls Peter to come walk onto the water. And Peter walks on water. And he's walking with Jesus. And then he takes his eyes off Jesus and he looks down and he starts to fall. But then Jesus grabs him. And it's preached everywhere that the reason and I've preached this before that the reason that he was able to grab him in a moment that wouldn't have take, taken very long for him to mm-hmm. completely drown is because he was walking closely with Jesus mm-hmm. and I think that that's great I think that that's, that's awesome so but it goes deeper than that because then you read in the book of Mark and it states it's just the same story from the gospel of Mark where there was a storm the disciples are in the boat without Jesus. Storm's going on. Jesus walks on water. And they see him and they're, they're afraid. They thought he was a ghost. And then they see that it was Jesus. And then Jesus gets in the boat. And then he says, peace be still or whatever he says. And then the storm stops. And then it's like people who want to be skeptics of the Bible, they go, look, see, that's an inconsistency. The book of Matthew says this. It says that Peter walked on water and all that other stuff. But the book of Mark, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. See, the gospels, they don't add up. Mm-hmm. And then you then you realize later that the book of Mark was written after Jesus was already ascended into heaven. And the book of Mark was written based off of stories that other people in the church at the time were telling Mark as a young writer. And his mm. primary source of information was Peter. Mm. And then you go, you go, I thought it wasn't going to take a lot of time, but I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm doing it. But anyway, uh, you, I just love this because you would think with Peter's you know, zealous mentality of, mm-hmm. oh, I'm Peter, I'm the man type of guy, right? Yeah. There's no there's no way at all that if he was influencing Mark's account of the gospel that he would have left out the part where he walked on water, right? There's no way he would leave that out. And so then you ask the question, why did he leave it out? And then you think, maybe it's because he didn't want to tell Mark the fact that he fell or he was about to fall because he's, he's concerned with his own um, you know, problems or whatever. This is exactly what we're talking about. We don't want to always admit the things that we've gone through or dealt with because it would make us look bad or whatever. And then you go, no, that's that's not it. That's not the reason why. And I don't believe at all that that's the reason why Peter didn't want Mark to include it. It's because there was only a limited amount of space that he could fill up for his uh, gospel account. Mm-hmm. So Peter said that it was less valuable to talk about when Peter walked on water and more valuable to skip right ahead to the part where Jesus gets inside the boat and stops the storm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he basically said, Don't tell them how don't tell them how I got out of the boat. 
tell them how Jesus got into my boat. Mm. That's awesome. The best value when you're looking at the grace of God, the most applicable thing for anyone that's even thinking about a relationship with God or whatever is to understand that it doesn't happen, it doesn't work, and it doesn't exist unless we realize the length that Jesus went to just to get us to a place where we can have conversations like this and know that there is a positive result waiting for us. Yep. Because otherwise, we're left to our own devices. We're left to our own internal internalization that stays negative most of the time. Mm-hmm. We're left to ourselves. We're left to other people that maybe don't have our best interest in mind. Like you can have full awareness of yourself and open conversation with other people. But if you don't have that third lane and the most important one, which is your conversation with God... All that other stuff just leaves you hanging at the end of the day. Yeah. But it's the grace of God, it's the mercy of God that actually gives any of this a reason to fight through it. Yeah. And I'm just I'm blown away by the fact that God would see me or anybody uh, as being worthy of going to that length of getting into my boat just so that the storm could could stop, even if it was just for a little bit. Yeah. You know, the storms that we're all going through, the, the mental health stuff, the, the whatever, like um, the, the way that it, it finds itself more on the outside than just on the inside. Right. So. Totally agree. Yeah. I don't even know what to say because I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I need to, need to be that. You know, I, like, and, <laughs> and we're all, we're all there, really. We're all at that point where we're, we're, we're like, hey, you know, we haven't made it. You know, we haven't. No. We don't have it all figured out. You know what I mean? We don't have it all figured out at all. Um, what are some ways that you could, I guess, encourage somebody? I know you said that you weren't needing encouragement. You were needing instruction. Oh, yeah. But as far as just ways of, of keeping keeping positivity uh, in mind, mm-hmm. for anyone that might be listening to this that hasn't been able yet to fully admit to themselves that there's some stuff within them they need to right. address... What are, what are some things you could say to someone if they were listening right now? Maybe they are starting to realize there's things they need to change. Maybe, let's say if you had three rock bottom events, maybe they've had the first or the second, but they haven't had that third one yet that's really put mm-hmm. them there. What would you say to them if they were listening to encourage them? I think the biggest thing that I could say is exactly what you're talking about with Peter, is that sometimes, and maybe this was just me, but I, as you said, like, when I felt like I was making the wrong decision. So as I said, everything was right, wrong, right? Is this right? Is this wrong? Is this right? Yeah. Wrong. And when I would get to like a wrong decision and I knew it was wrong, I didn't like, I didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to face it. And so it would lead to another wrong decision. And then that wrong decision would lead to another one. And then it just became this domino effect of wrong decisions that eventually led me to another rock bottom. And I think as you were saying earlier, I think you're saying like, once I made that first wrong decision, and then that second one, I kind of would like, well, I can't talk to God now. <laughs> you know, I can't pray now. I, yeah. It's so like, who am I to pray? Like, I just, I just sinned. Yeah. And it would kind of like cut me off from God, and I would get to that point where I'm walking on the storm, or in my boat, far, mm-hmm. far from Jesus, mm-hmm. where he can't just reach out. Right. And I think that's how we get to rock bottoms, when we, we try to go in our own way. We try to get through the storm in our own boat without looking up. And so... I would say that the whole gospel is you make a wrong decision, stay close to God. Stay stay diligent and and don't feel that 
condemnation that comes from from our own voice for, yeah. for me it, it's my own voice yeah um that condemns me you know yeah. and i had to have pastors and people in my life look me in the eye and say rj you're released from that guilt yeah god's released you and so if i could just look someone in the eye or, or say it over is like you're released from that guilt from that pain you don't have to carry it i don't care if it was just today I don't care if you just just sinned and are listening to this. You know, it, you can stay close to God. That's what the gospel is about. That's so good. And so that was the biggest realization I had to have now. It's like, I'm going to slip. I'm going to stumble. And as I said, this has been a, a month and a half that I've had this kind of yeah. wake up. I wish I could say I've been perfect the whole time. I haven't. Yeah. You know, I've, I've slipped. I've fallen. But I'm, I'm right back up. And I know that this is a walk. You know, this is a walk. And so if I could say anything, it would just be... That don't ever feel like you can't talk to God or that you can't reach out or you need to distance yourself. Because I think we do it to ourselves. We distance ourselves um, from God and we put ourselves in our own corner, like you said. You know, it's like, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the own voice in your head that you kind of have to battle. The Bible says what can separate us from the love of God. And we look at that as being kind of rhetorical. Mm-hmm. And it maybe isn't rhetorical because the answer is myself. Yeah, you know, exactly. I'm I'm the only one that can can separate myself from the love of God. I can choose to say that that wasn't for me. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's it's so it's so important because you really have to get to that point in your life mm-hmm. where you you say, yeah, I can forgive others or. Yeah, I can even I can even talk about the fact that maybe Jesus has forgiven me, mm-hmm. but did I forgive myself? Yeah, that's, that's such a good point. And I know we're getting long on time, but I we're, I have we're to good. Say, I have we're to good. say this now that you brought that up. We're good. One of the biggest things I had. This, if anyone's like, listening to this and they're here at an hour in, they're here. They're, <laughs> they're here. here. Yeah, they're here for it. <laughs> One of the biggest realizations I had was that when I was looking at Judas and Peter, and if you just say those names out loud. Generally, uh, gen, why I cannot say this word, but generally, generally, there you go. Generally, people uh, have two totally different viewpoints on them, right? Judas is Judas, the betrayer, and Peter yeah. is Peter, who is uh, renowned as you know the, the cornerstone, yeah. the rock that was built on, you know, the yeah. first pope to Catholic, <laughs> right? And so it's like two completely different views on these men, but they were so similar when you look at them, even down to the point of Jesus on one hand. Says you know to Jesus basically is not one of you the devil, you know calls him straight up calls him the devil and I always remember reading that and being like dang, Jesus straight up call you the devil Jesus. just throwing the towel there man like why even wait, and then you look in the other another part and and Jesus looks at Peter and says get behind me Satan you know and yeah. it's like wow, okay, and then you think okay well Judas did betray Jesus but then you see Peter's denial and and basic betrayal right yep, yep. so the the biggest difference in these men was how they handled the grief and and the pain of hitting their rock bottom because wow. they both they wow. both they Dude. both hit rock bottom they both realized what they had done but the only difference was one waited through the storm and one didn't i'm about to throw <laughs> this <laughs> chair i had this huge realization that the difference was how they handled how hitting they, rock bottom. How they handled hitting rock bottom. Oh my God. And so that goes back to what you were saying. If someone's listening and they just need encouragement, sometimes you just have to make it through the day. That's really all you need to do. That is your goal for that day. Make it through the day. 
Because if, if wow. Peter had not made it to that third day, you know, but he was drowning in grief, drowning in sorrow, yeah, feeling the guilt. And the first thing, one of the first things Jesus says when he when he comes out is, "Go tell Peter, go tell Peter." And I, without a doubt, in my mind, had Judas done the same thing, it would have been, "Go tell Peter and Judas." And I just, I had this realization Bro. this last year. Because we look at Judas. I have never thought about that. Oh yeah, it was a. Big, I've never thought about it was, that. I was only. It was only last year that it hadn't happened to me. But we look at Judas as a bad guy, this horrible man. But it was. But only he would have. It would have been the same outcome. It would have been the same outcome. And I could. I could preach about this all day because I had to. Oh my lord! On it. But even when you look at, I mean, even you just look at the walk Judas had with the disciples and them. He was. He's renowned. He's known as the one who handled the money. And if you yeah. just think about it, you got a group of friends, and you're gonna say we trust you to handle the money. You, you're you're respected. Yeah, you're held high. You're you, you have a yeah, you're somebody, and they they trust you. So I think sometimes we look at Judas as this horrible person, this betrayer, this you know the devil among them. But he was a man, and and had he had he gone through his storm and handled his rock bottom different, he could have been the greatest preacher. That the gospel side. We the Bible he had influence. He had influence. He, he had, had the he had the mind to to handle, if anything, the finances. So he he wasn't just some schmuck, you know. And we, that was a big thing in the early church, right? Course, you know, it's like in one, you know, um, they had to. You know, I've always him. thought about that, the fact that Matthew was the tax collector, but they didn't trust Matthew more than they trusted Judas. Right. That obviously means that they held Judas to some kind if of respect not, level. If nothing else, the dude was cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> if nothing else, the dude was okay, just like the so, hipster. So, you know, like, <laughs> uh, a sub subtitle: yeah. Judas was cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're gonna trust someone that much, like he had influence, and so it just—I guess in my mind, the reason I started thinking about this is because it always amazes me that in any trial or criminal trial, there's always a defendant or defender for the, the guilty, and I was just thinking, man. You know, we, we always bash Judas, but Jesus loved him. He did. And if I could stand trial for Judas, and, and I would bring up all these similarities between him and Peter of why I don't think he was, you know. Yeah. And I just was trying to get across to the students that, you know, it's it's really how you handle your rock bottoms. It's how exactly. you handle, you know. And so... Can I share something with yeah, you? Yeah, go ahead. That um, I talked about this back in 2019. We did our own... Um, youth camp like with pretty much just our students and one other church that had went with us and um, and I I spoke only on one one of the nights we had three nights and I only spoke on one and I, and I wanted it to be impactful right and I and I was even in that moment well prior obviously in the moments of studying and praying about what you know I needed to say um, I, I kind of was like I was thinking like, okay, well, what's 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 it going to be, you know? And I had some ideas and I had some thoughts, and every single bit of what I was going to talk about changed to this next thing um, the night before, the night before, and it was um, it's the story of Peter. On the Bible says it was one of his first encounters with Jesus. Now put a little tab on that. The Bible says that it was one of his first encounters with Jesus, okay? Keep that bookmarked in your head for a second. Um, 
where Peter is out. This is after Jesus has already been, you know, dead and, and buried and he resurrected. Okay, these are the, the in this in this moment we are somewhere between when Jesus is resurrected, comes back from the dead, and whenever he ascends into heaven. Okay, and every atheist listening to this is like, what? <laughs> Google it. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no. So we're we're somewhere there, right? And it says that it was one of the first encounters after Jesus says go tell peter right right uh where he he encounters him and it was when peter was out fishing okay that's another bookmark yeah he was out fishing and he comes in from the from the shore yeah or comes in whatever i don't remember i've never okay i've never known can i admit something to you i've never known which one is the shore is that the water or is that the not water i have no freaking idea okay but which one is it who knows I have no I'm serious I have no idea it's the water part we'll say that whatever he's about to not be in the water anymore let's just say that <laughs> um I want to tell a really dumb dad joke right now and be like what are they going to call that and it's like should we call this and they go sure and they go, okay we'll call it sure anyway alright so anyway I had to do it so um so basically he's he's coming in uh from the water <laughs> the, the not land um <clears throat> and Jesus meets them on the beach, uh-huh. and he is—he's uh, cooking them breakfast. Okay, the most practical thing in the world. I'm gonna cook you some breakfast, mm-hmm. and he's grilling probably the best. It was probably Chick Fil A, but probably. he was grilling the best fish or whatever. It like literally says that he had like fish over a fire, and he was cooking them breakfast. Mm-hmm. And that that was one of the moments when things kind of had turned around for Peter then to be set on the path to eventually find himself in the book of Acts preaching. Okay, mm-hmm. Why is any of that important? Science has proven that your sense of smell is far more powerful than your sense of hearing. Mm. So Peter's association with... His ears, when it comes to... Okay, no, I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. His association with smell, when it comes to smelling smoke, Mm -hmm. what would be the first thing he would think of? It says that when he denied Jesus the third time, Mm. he was warming his hands around the fire, and he like cusses out a little girl or whatever it was, like this 12-year-old girl, and there's smoke in the air. So his association with smoke would have been whenever he denied Jesus the third time, he sees Jesus walking away, they've locked eyes, like it sounds made up, but this is literally what happened in the yeah. Bible. Uh-huh. They locked eyes because that was whenever he had done it for the third time. Mm-hmm. And what else does the Bible say? It says that once you deny me for the third time, what's going to happen? The rooster. The going to crow. Mm-hmm. So check it out. So check it out. When does the rooster crow? So his association with the smell of smoke would have been when he denied him. Mm. His association with his ears when he hears the rooster crows would be when he made his greatest mistake. So every single morning, the devil wanted to remind him of the mistake that he made. But what do you do after you wake up? Eat some breakfast. (laughs) 
taste and see that the Lord is good. It's 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 straight up. Get some. Jesus is literally saying, "Hey, guy, I know that every day when you wake up, the first thing that you think about is your greatest mistake. But from here on, I'm gonna go ahead and cover your sense of smell and your taste and your hearing by one simple act." Even though you denied me, oh, man. I'm going to cook you some breakfast. The most practical thing that you can Come do. Come get you some pancakes. Get you some. Come get you some chili. Some Holy Ghost. dude. Yeah. Some taco. Man, that is awesome. So I'm, I'm, I'm convinced completely. The same way you said that you're convinced that Judas would have had the same experience. I'm convinced that whether it's a teenager who is feeling confused and lost or an adult way into their years that is confused and lost like it might be the same thing or for anyone that feels like they've hit rock bottom or whatever there is absolutely nothing just like you said and I'm all I'm doing right now is repeating what you said but there's absolutely nothing that you can do to separate yourself from the love of God unless you do it yourself and it all boils down to how you handle hitting rock bottom are you willing to deal with those internal toxic traits are you willing to flesh it out and be real with yourself enough to say that you might need help from something external and of course being honest about what's internal. Right. Like I just I think back to the times whenever um, whenever maybe we would have these real open and transparent moments in youth group when I was younger and they would say, Is there anything that you need to basically come clean on? And I would admit something that was nowhere near the worst thing because I was trying to avoid that. And put all the attention on this deal, mm-hmm. this one moment. And then it's like, okay, well, now they move on to the next person, so I'm good or whatever. But I've got all these other things that I haven't dealt with yeah. still, you know? Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where it's going to follow you everywhere you go unless you're able to really deal with it. And the most important part, I think, of, of that whole story as far as the way it relates to all of us mm-hmm. with Peter and the breakfast deal is that that wasn't his first time encountering Jesus. Mm-hmm. It took more than once. Yeah. And you're thinking, it's Jesus. You know, we all think if we were those disciples, there's no way we'd do any of that stuff that they did. There's no way we would mess up on any of it because it's Jesus. Maybe maybe that's not the case. It took more than one encounter after he was already raised from the dead, the greatest miracle yeah. that's ever happened. And it still took more than once for Peter to actually see it. Yeah. It took more than one... It took more than one thing for you, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it so. might take more, but as we said, you got to you gotta keep going. It's a process. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Man, I think you summed it up great. It's just, you got to have those encounters with Jesus and you got to, you cannot beat yourself up and you just got to keep going. It's a walk. It's a process. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really can't say anything else other than that, but God is good yeah. and God loves us. And so for anyone still listening... He's, he's a great God. He's a loving God. Yep. And He has a purpose and a plan for you. That's that's pretty much what I want to sum up with. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for Thank doing you this, for having me. Yeah, that was yeah. awesome. All right, um, more binging of the soul happening uh, coming your way next week. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you on the next one.